Welcome, everybody, to another edition of the Hammerlock Hangover. You are listening to episode 28. Thank you for tuning in. I am Steve, and I am joined by Jeff. On today's episode, we're going to talk about Tessa and the rumors about Tessa Blanchard moving to AEW, Chelsea Green and her plethora of ideas, Kenny Omega winning the Impact Wrestling World title, uh, and uh, this uh, narrative that he's the belt collector, uh, plus the latest things going on in AEW, WWE, NXT, and all around wrestling. Uh, before we get into that, Jeff and I want to thank all of you uh, tuning in. We've got a lot of recent feedback, positive feedback, after our last two episodes, our Tucky Tribute and our Hefty Dump episode. Those are the last two episodes that we've had. So thank you, thank you, thank you for sending in your kind words and your recognition feedback on those episodes. Jeff, a lot of people were very touched by our Tucker retrospective. Um, did it, did it bring, be? did they bring, did it bring a tear to your eye? Not one, multiple, multiple. and not just multiple tears, multiple eyes. Absolutely. Absolutely. It was like Argos there with a hundred eyes all crying. I know there was so many people crying, touched. They never thought that we could be so insightful with that retrospective of his career, but yet we were. We so hit thank all you. the high points. Absolutely. All the high points and a couple of low points, but mostly high points. Most very quickly, though. Um, and, and also, we want to thank uh, Wrestling Soup, the Wrestling Soup Network. We uh, announced last week on our last episode that we are now a part of the Wrestling Soup Network of podcast shows. So uh, if you are checking us out from the Wrestling Soup Network, welcome. Thanks. Welcome aboard. And I hope you enjoy the uh, podcast. What's up, Jeff? Apple? There you go. Jeff, what's going on, buddy? I'm just also acknowledge our friends at the Rational Rage Network. We're also a part of their happy group. Um, but what's going on? I'm pretty sure that Ted DiBiase stole my watch. Ted DiBiase stole a lot of things. He stole a lot of screen time from some uh, NXT superstars. We'll get into that in a little bit. I, I, I did I call that or did I call that? You called that. Very young talent, and I, and I was all, <laughs> I was all along the ride for that. I'm, I'm all for it. I just this as long as this ends with an audit performed by Erwin Arshister. That. That is the only place this can end, and, and then I will be very happy. And Teddy Biasi is a perfect baton to that. I feel it's coming. I feel it's coming. I feel it coming in the air tonight. <laughs> All right, Phil Collins. All right, let's get just jump right into the latest news. Uh, let's talk about the, the, the wrestling internet uh, was a, a set ablaze on Friday afternoon. Uh, news broke in the afternoon talking about Tessa Blanchard and these rumors that she's been in negotiations with AEW uh, for the last month and that uh, this is just a formality uh, about signing the documents. It's pretty much done. Wait, Jeff, wait, wait, wait. what are your thoughts on this, this rumor? I, I thought it was Daga and Tessa Blanchard. Who? Her husband. He's not the big guy here. He's not the lead. Who is Daga? Uh, the guy from Lucha Underground with the ears. 
listen, if she if she wants to come with Daga or Kata or whatever other pet name she's got <laughs> for her animals is fine by me. All I know is that if the man happens to be a person of color, AW doesn't know what the fuck to do with them. I think Yugi Nadaga is the guy that's fighting Moxley next month. Nagata? Nagata. Oh, she's married. She's she's married to Nagata. I may have my wrestlers confused. No, yeah. The the thing about Tessa, yeah, that that I mean, listen, three days ago, and I can remember three days ago when everybody was saying Tessa's in NXT is the diamond mine, and that's her symbol is the diamond. So I mean, obviously, so is you know Diamond Dallas Page is going there, the Diamond Stud is going there. Uh, Paul Diamond, <laughs> Diamonds of Forever, and so is Ric Flair. I mean, Diamante probably. Uh, you know, they're all they're all going to be part of this. Uh, Colonel De Beers, the the, the South African uh, wrestler. Um, and, you know, and you know, I'm just going to stop. Um, apparently, everyone is very excited about this in AEW. Apparently, you know, if you get signed by AEW, all is forgiven. It's it's like it's been ordained from high above and. You've been given the dispensation of the church of Tony Khan. So listen, Tessa Blanchard is a great wrestler. She's one of the best women's wrestlers in the world. She's probably the best women's wrestler in the world. It's not under the WWE umbrella. Yes, people can probably make a case for Thunder Rosa, um, you know, uh, Sheeta. I'm sure there's others out there as well. Um but she's in that conversation. She's in that mix. Um, but she has a past, um, and she had some people who didn't speak kindly of her that were and are in the in the AEW locker room. Now, it's ironic. Some of them aren't there anymore. B. Priestley was one of them. She really was not in AEW for very much, and she had her own problems. Uh, Allison Kay came in for a, co- a cup of coffee. She was one of them. Uh, Nicole Savoy had a couple of uh, matches with uh, Big Swole, Big Swole and Little Swole, and, and and that was it. There were a few others, like one I think was Sadie Gibbs. She announced her retirement from wrestling this week. So it, it, it's almost like the Godfather 3 where all the business has been taken care of. I, I don't know. It, it, it's very strange. But listen, I cannot deny her skill as a wrestler. Daga, whatever. This sort of reminds me of well, wherever Maria Canellis goes. Mike Bennett gets a contract also. I mean, clearly she's the jewel. He's not bad. He's fine. They have 20 guys like him. Um, but, um, I, you know, what am I to say? I mean, she's very skilled, so she's obviously qualified. But if you're the company of the SJWs, you don't go after that. But if you're really fake SJWs, which is what they really are, then, you know, just lean into the fakeness. And since your fans forgive everything, you know, what can I say? She will improve that division. I just don't see there being more than one or two women's matches a week on Dynamite. Well, let's talk about that, Jeff. Okay, so I agree with you. She's a big get. If you sign her, it definitely improves the legitimacy of your women's division. Let's run down those names. We've got Sheeta, the champion. We've got Britt Baker, the challenger. Thunder Rosa is one foot in, one foot out. She's um, Serena Deeb, kind of same thing, right? Well, she's signed with AEW, but she is the NWA Women's Champion, which is (laughs) odd. But she's she's under contract with AEW. Whether the terms of the contract, we don't know. Um, Tay Conti, okay. Nyla Rose, okay. 
Penelope Jade Ford. Cargill? Jade Cargill, yeah. But I, I don't see her doing anything. Like, she looks like a million bucks. She should be booked like Goldberg. We've talked about this. Yes, we have. But they uh, haven't done anything with her. Red Velvet. We've got uh, Chris Statlander. Shayna O'Shana was there, left, came back, never mentioned again. Maybe she's still there. I'm not sure. Um, but are, are are these we've gotten into like the 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 second tier of names in in the women's division? Like, is 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 this division really like elevated with that one name of Tessa Blanchard? Like, it, maybe you can take them a lot more seriously, but one name is one name. I think yes. I don't think it takes that much. I mean, I, I think their division is you know, markedly approved. I mean, we didn't mention Big Swole. We didn't mention legit Layla Hurst. We didn't mention Danny Jordan. Um, I mean, Amber Nova's appeared once or twice. Uh, there's a, a Maddie Renkowski. I'm not saying that they're all great and they're all stars, but they have a lot of bodies there. Diamante. No one's really sure about Ivelisse. I mean, they, Abaddon. No, no, no we, we're sure about Ivelisse because Ivelisse says that she's done. Well, it's true. She says she's done. She also said that she's not taking any interviews. If you want to book her, she'll she'll accept money. And I told her that somebody with a PR problem might want to go on a tour to improve that PR problem by telling their side of the story and not, you know, being greedy all of a sudden. I know you got to eat, but you know, who's who's gonna hire you right now? So maybe you should maybe you should, you know, get sympathy from the 45% of wrestling fans that will buy absolutely anything. Um I don't know. They they have names, there's a division. I don't know how good they all are, but yeah, I think Tessa definitely elevates it. I mean, it gets interesting. It's not the quality level of NXT or WWE's main roster, but you know, I, I would say it, it would be on par with Impact. I mean, is Tennille Dashwood that great a wrestler? Dana Perrano, Deanna Perrano must be the most overrated wrestler I've ever seen in my life. She's okay. I think Tennille is a bigger name than anyone after sh I mean, I want to say Tennille Dashwood's a bigger name than Sheeta. How about that? I would agree she's a bigger name than Sheeta, but maybe not inside the wrestling community, as however odd that seems. Tennille Dashwood makes probably makes most of her money on her fashion sponsorships. I mean, she's constantly doing photo shoots at luxury resorts in sponsored clothes. I mean, she's basically a model, so she's an athlete model. Um, good for her. But as as far as, I mean, but how many people remember that she was Emma? That was probably close to five years ago now. Um, I don't know. I mean, I, I'm not trying to bash Tennille. I'm just saying that I think that I think that the Impact Women's Division is, is much ballyhooed. And I, I don't think it's really all that great. I mean, Rachel Ellering isn't all that great. Uh, they, they have a... Uh, what is it, Jessica Havoc? She's not all that great. I mean, none of them are bad. I mean, but you also people like ODB keeps coming back. Jazz just retired. I mean, it's it's not like it's 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 not like it's the stardom roster. There, you know, it, it's okay. Diana Perazzo came in and immediately took over the whole place, and she's a good wrestler. But she's she's not Charlotte Flair. She's not Tessa Blanchard. She's not. You know, Raquel Gonzalez, she's not Asuka. You know, I'm, yeah. I, I'm just saying that I think if they added Tessa to AW, that they are, they're probably the number two women's division and they're already in the number two promotion. 
Yeah, see, I don't know. I still think that TNA, uh, sorry, Impact, Impact Wrestling is still more legit in the with the women's division than AEW, but that's just my opinion. Let's carry forward and talk about Chelsea Green. During this week, she was interviewed and mentioned that, you know, hey, yeah, you know, you can pitch ideas, but they never <laughs> they never take them seriously. So I just want to throw some ideas out and I want to get your opinions on this. What is your opinion of Chelsea Green as Seth Rollins, the Messiah? Uh, at, she's dressed up as his nun. Um, I don't really see the point in that. Um, listen, I, I, I'm not saying that she's not an attractive woman. She certainly is, but they have sexier people to be, it can be a sexy nun there. But I mean, I don't really see where that was fitting in. And he hasn't been the Messiah for many, many moons now. Um, I mean, while his character is similar to that, it's no longer the Messiah. I mean, it hasn't been ever since he got traded to SmackDown. So, uh, or slightly after. So, I mean, it wouldn't make sense. I mean, it would have been short-lived anyway. So even if it was a character that they put on air, it would have been done by now, and she had a broken wrist. She wasn't cleared to wrestle until very recently, so it never would have happened. So it, it's it's irrelevant. It it because it would have been moot even if they wanted to do it. Um, you know, even Seth got switched. Yeah, but let's say I mean she was out for quite some time because of this um, arm injury, shoulder injury, one of those two. Arm. She, she broke. Her, she she got injured twice on SmackDown once in NXT, but this I think she broke her wrist. Right. That's right. So she's been out for several months and just mm -hmm. recently got released. Mm -hmm. So the question that I have is um, related to this. Don't you think it's a little premature for you to like just be called up to the main roster and then you pitch an idea where you're going to saddle up next to one of the top guys in WWE? Like, isn't that like getting ahead of yourself? Um, I understand what you're saying, but my answer is no. They always tell people to try to get themselves attention, to get themselves over, to grab the brass ring. And you're supposed to pitch ideas. I mean, you're, that's part of what wrestlers are supposed to do. They're supposed to try and sell characters. They're supposed to sell the creative to get themselves on TV. So I, I, I'm not going to poop on her for trying to do that. I mean, if she if she just sat back and catering, doing nothing, that, that would be a more valid criticism. Now, I don't think that any of her ideas were particularly good, but at least she tried. Um, I, I just don't think that, I mean, again, she's a good wrestler. She's, she's a, a, an attractive woman, but she's also a more average-sized petite wrestler on a, on a brand where they have women that are 5'8", 5'11", that you know are, are more statuesque, um, so they didn't really need. I mean, all she'd be is is you know probably an enhancement or, or a job person. Then she was you know had the track record of injury with them, so mm -hmm. uh, you know. Plus, they let her fiance go. Uh, you know, I'm not really sure what she thought. I mean, I think that if you were making a list of people who were to be released, the only thing keeping them from being released would have been the injury. Um, so. I don't know. I no, I don't hold that against her, but I also don't think that there was anything that that made her 
not release worthy. I mean, I, I'm amazed that Nikki Cross wasn't released. I, I think that maybe she was just nobody bothered to talk about it. <laughs> you think she's you think she's that guy from uh from Office Space with in the basement with the stapler? Like just keep <laughs> moving him around. I think she's Bo, Bo Dallas 2.0. Like she's gonna like she's hiding in a broom closet for three years until finally someone goes, you know that 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 line item we have? Yeah, it's not the guy in accounting. That's Nikki Cross's real name. <laughs> <laughs> and they're gonna be like, oh, let's get rid of her. Um, I wanna I just want to run through some of the because I thought these some of these were pretty good. So she wanted to pitch an idea where she was the third iconic, but she had a fake Australian accent, and they would call them she'd call herself the triconic. I thought that was pretty good, but I would have given that to I think Mickey James would be better at pulling that off. It's all fine, but they broke up the Iconics a year ago. <laughs> Again, it's moot. <laughs> I mean, okay. Was, what about what about and, Dominic? And they, and, they, and they released what's her name, uh, Billy Kay, the one I wanted to be manager. So it would have been back to the Iconics again. I mean, it, it, it's it's moot twice. What about Dominic's girlfriend? I don't don't care. Dom, Dominic doesn't need a girlfriend. I mean, they had his mother and and sister on for a while, and and end of that. I mean, Dominic with Ray. That's enough of a story right now. His girlfriend, you know, they can do that in a year or so when he goes heel and turns against his father. And they could certainly do like he's attracted to a bad girl that his father doesn't approve of. Um, and yeah, I think she could have pulled it off. She did. She did the crazy bride. I don't think there's anything wrong with the idea. I, I just think that you know you don't own an idea. Um, and she's they probably didn't see much of a future in her or they didn't trust her her physicality so yeah i mean i i would have enjoyed that they they took all her ideas and give it gave them to like other wrestlers right now they, have a, they, they come up with a faction now of a, of a dirty nun they, <laughs> the, the, the triconics and and they oh. give dominic a bad girl girlfriend oh my god they're gonna come up with like a birds of prey only Dom it's all of Chelsea Green's ideas. <laughs> right, all of Chelsea Green's ideas, and they they, they call it the the, the Green f Faction or something. I don't know. Oh wait, wait, Green Energy. That's what they call them. Green Energy. There you go. There you go. And and since it's 2021, Dominic can't be like the Godfather, so he'd have to be like a male gigolo. Like so, one of the women's would have to be. <laughs> it can't be a male gigolo. Yeah. Um, or no, on. no, he'd have to be a voluntary escort that only does escort things, because you, you know, no, nothing, nothing sexual. It's just, it's just like the boyfriend experience. It's got, it's, it's got to be all very above board. They Definitely pays his taxes on all the dollars too. They do only do escort things. I yes. feel like this is like an episode, like uh, that movie American Psycho, where Christian Bale is all like, I don't want you to stare at it. Well, that's because all week long you were telling me more American Psycho, more American Psycho. <laughs> so we got to turn, we got to turn it up. We're on the Wrestling Soup Network now, for Christ's sake. We've got to turn right. it up. I mean, we don't curse enough, so we got, we got to do something. <laughs> we don't have edgy political opinions. <laughs> Let's talk about this Omega Kenny Omega winning the Impact World Title uh, at <laughs> at Impact uh, Rebellion, <laughs> which was apparently the. The biggest pay-per-view, according to Meltzer, the biggest pay-per-view in a long, long time. Is the fourth biggest, but we don't know what the numbers are, but it's nine times higher than 
the next highest impact pay-per-view buy rate, but we don't know the numbers and can't report them, even though the same companies report them. No, it takes months. It takes eight days. Shut up. I mean, I, I did learn Dave Meltzer blocked me this week. <laughs> That's right. I wonder what it was that set set him off to be like, it can only be calling him out on this because that's all I that's all I do. I've had conversations with him that were pleasant. I've had conversations with him that were not friendly, but you know, we never like got at it, but I kept calling him out on uh, on hiding these numbers that he definitely knows these numbers. he and he doesn't report aew numbers unless they're you know well above six figures. Everything else is I hear they did around a hundred thousand and you find out like, Six weeks later, it was eighty three thousand or something. It's like you just won't report it unless it's like one hundred and forty thousand. Yeah, I, you know, I've been watching The Vow lately on uh, HBO, and that's about the uh, you know this. Uh, I know what it's about. I this, if it, well, if it's I'm about, trying to tell. I'm trying to tell. I know we've had this conversation before, but I'm trying to tell our audience about the uh, this cult uh, led by this guy Keith Ranieri, and he's like he's like this why. They show this clip where he's he's confronting a bunch of his accusers and they're like, we think you're ruining a cult. And they're all the cult members. And then he's like, listen, I believe in mysticism, but I don't believe in mysticism. That's like Dave Meltzer. It's like, you know, hey, it's the ninth greatest match, but it's also the fourth best pay-per-view. Like, What? What are you fucking talking about? You're talking in circles. Like, just give me the fucking number, man. And I can't get this number anywhere. I will buy your analogy, except that Cody's the cult leader and and Dave Meltzer is like one of his, like, you know, one of the first people in on the pyramid scheme. So he's one of the high lieutenants. So he's a really a true believer until something snaps. <laughs> um, yep. Yep. He's like yeah. the CFO. <laughs> well, everyone has a title. Everyone has a title. There you go. What did you think about this match? Uh, Kenny Omega and uh, Swan, uh, a bit of a letdown, no? I, I watched this entire card. I'm not going to say how I watched it, um, you know, but it wasn't me doing something wrong. Um, I, <laughs> I thought, that, I, sort of. I, I, I thought the, the card itself was rather boring. I, I didn't think the wrestling was particularly good. I didn't think the, it was very interesting. We had a couple of title changes. I very much liked seeing Big Cass back. He's going by W. Morrissey now. Possibly that's his real first initial and last name. I really don't know. Um, but he looked pretty good. I mean, physically, he looked great. In the ring, he looked okay. Uh, you know, he looked fine. You don't expect, you know, a great move set from a guy that big, but he, he looked good. And he's in, I think the faction's called violent by design. We have so many factions in wrestling called violent or violence. Um, I mean, it makes sense, but it's not very creative. Uh, he replaced Eric young. Who's out with an ACL injury and they had, um, Oh my God. I can't, I can't even remember the other guys in it, but it, one of them is a big guy named like Joe door or Jim door or something like that. Who, uh, is, is like a cowboy type. Um, and he was the big guy until Cass got there. Anyway, um, as far as the Omega Swan match, I, I thought it was a pretty bad match, to be frank with you. That said, he won the match on an impact pay-per-view. So he, you know, he's got three world titles plus the TNA championship, if you want to count that one, um, which TNA doesn't, but maybe they'll start now. Um, you know, there wasn't any shenanigans there wasn't interference there weren't bodies running all over the over the place like a typical uh, AEW match so 
you know, kudos for that. I wasn't, I was pretty suspect that this relationship wouldn't survive this pay-per-view. So clearly it will. So, you know, color me surprised a little bit on that one, but the match itself wasn't good. And impacts ratings, by the way, by the way, after that, despite what the show might've done in pay-per-view, regardless whether you believe it or not, um, they only had 120,000 viewers last night, which is down by more than 20,000, 20,000 people from the week before. So, you know, again, it, it's there's no real staying power to it. But if, if the buys were good, I mean, maybe it, for the first time, the business relationship is paying dividends to somebody. But, you know, good for Kenny. I mean, I don't know what to say. I mean, you know, he's doing the bell collector. He got another promotion to buy in or somebody got them to buy into it. But like I said before, Impact's gimmick is sort of like they don't respect themselves. Yeah, that's my biggest takeaway is just, like you know you had moose talk at the go home episode you had moose threatening rich swan and then moose doesn't do anything yeah and if anything he's on twitter going i respect kenny omega like what this man just stole your title what are you talking about right because his contract runs out in in six weeks and and aew is one of the two companies he wants to work for so there it is by the way the other two title changes josh alexander formerly of the north is the new X division champ and Jordi Ann Grace and Rachel Ellering won the knockout tag team championships. They are managed by retired jazz and they beat, uh, I think it's what they call themselves. It's, it's not fire and desire, but it's, a, it's a name sort of like that. It's oh Kira God. Hogan. I, I don't know. I don't, I don't, I don't, I mean, honestly, I could look it up, but I don't care enough. The there's new women's knockout champions there. That's who they are. Going back to Omega as the, as the Impact champion, what do you think this means? Does this mean that he's going to show up every episode of Impact now? What What is this showing? What does this mean? No, I don't think he's going to show up at every Impact. He might show up every now and then, you know, as they get close to a pay-per-view. I think we might get recorded promos. We still see Tony Khan in recorded oh, uh, paid yeah. advertisements? Yeah, Tony Khan cannot stop doing this Memphis Vince McMahon thing from 93 or whenever. <laughs> Vince was doing that in, in Smoky Mountain or Mid-South. Um, yeah. Yeah, definitely. And, I mean, he keeps bringing, like, Shivani and, and Jerry Lynn and, and all these other, you know, Aubrey. Um, what's her name? Aubrey Everett, the, the referee. They had two referees. They had uh, two Everett. referees. That didn't even play into the story. I mean, it, 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 this is all just literally so, so their favorite people can get extra pay. Yeah. You know, I will applaud the fact that Impact has been talked about a lot recently. And I don't know, you know, I was arguing with a couple of trolls on on Twitter about whether that translates to money. That remains to be seen yet, right? Like, we don't know if Kenny's appearance, I mean, thus far since the beginning of January when this first started, right? Uh it really hasn't translated into into critical viewership. I mean, once his first appearance, and then after that, everything's kind of dwindled back to average. So a lot of people are talking about it, but it's not translating to regular views on Tuesday nights or now Thursdays. No, uh, it's not. Exactly. And they are they're below their 2020 averages. I mean, I cannot stress that enough. And and, and that's been a tr- I mean, there's been some spikes, but that's been a trend since this started. I mean, I think some Impact fans said our own promotion doesn't treat itself as the number one promotion. Agreed. And 
It's a shame that I went back and I started looking at this because this whole numbers nonsense that Melter is driving at about the pay-per-view numbers. If I rec- I looked it up and Impact hasn't had as m- this much buzz or views either on YouTube or buy rates or all of the above since their intergender match between Tessa Blanchard and Sammy Callahan. And that oh. was back 18 months ago. The attempted murder at the wedding and wrestlers court got a fair amount of buzz. And I mean, people were watching that segment on YouTube and Twitch and Twitter and stuff. <laughs> um, but yeah, I mean, listen, if you're, you know, the thing about ring of honor and impact is that they are both owned by TV companies, but <laughs> it, you know, it, it, it's not, the ratings don't have the same impact for impact pun intended or ring of honor as they do for when it's a company that it's leasing the rights to your product. They expect a bigger return. Um, that said, I mean, this was the first pay-per-view that they talked about it all with, you know, you know, big numbers. So once before they said this was the second highest impact pay-per-view in four years, the first one being the one right after all the all the WWE releases were free to show up in Impact, and about six or seven of them did. Uh, so that was the first. Uh, the second one was maybe Bound for Glory, but they never they didn't release the numbers to all of them. So it's suspect. Yeah. I mean, we it, it's been told, you know, it's been reported by people who are in the know that they report any numbers that are significant. So if it was over 50,000, there's a pretty darn good chance that they would report it. Um, so y- you know it's not over 100,000. Nevertheless, if the buy rate is high, I mean, you know, I, I presume it made some money. So I'll give them the benefit that this is the first time that it's shown any monetary dividend, whether it's paid for whatever's been invested already. I mean, I've said it all along. I think that Tony Khan's footing the bill for all of this. I don't know that to be true. I have no proof of it. I just think it. Yeah, I don't I don't know. I don't know. All I know is is there's a lot of funny business with this with this uh these numbers. I feel like this is a lot of I believe in mysticism, but I also don't believe in mysticism. Yes. Like what does nine times more than bound for glory mean when you don't know what the number for bound for glory is? Like right. I, I used this analogy earlier with uh someone I was arguing with. Your house party. My house party, if I tell you that from my last house party to my this latest house party, when I you had serve your famous pena coladas. That's right, pena coladas. I actually do have a recipe for pena coladas. It involves 151 rum, but that's of not this you. episode. No, I think now it is. Nobody cares about that. <laughs> so if I had nine times more people show up to this latest party. You'd be like, oh, wow, Steve, like, that's a pretty cool party. Where's my invite? But then when I tell you that at the first party, I only had one guest, (laughs) you do the math, and that means I only had nine dudes at this other party. You're like, this is a lame party. So what does nine times mean? Nine times what? That's my, 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 my gripe. And I still don't know. I asked Meltzer that myself, and I'm still waiting for an answer. Well, I asked Josh Nasum, who always answers, 
And you could hear like the defeat and regret in his response. And you could read it in, in the word. He's like, well, Dave tells me that traditional cable doesn't report things for many, many months. It's not true. He reports the good numbers eight days later after the replay. Not, not just the original, but the next week replay. So he waits to, you know, inflate them a little bit. Fine. Good on you. As long as it's the same every time. I don't care. Yeah. As long as you use the same, as long as it's apple to apple. Um, you watch. I, I'm expecting him to one time just tweet out like these AEW buy rates were very like they're they're very they're, strong buys. You know, when every starts bigly, with, we had right. bigly results. Bigly. Yeah, they, they always say that the Twitch and whatever they're either on BN Sports or Fight TV are reporting strong buy rates. They never give you those the, reporting strong buy rates, and and the cable providers are saying that the that, that it's very it's looking very good or something it's always amorphous but they never come up with the numbers let me just assure everyone out there in the universe i may not be able to get the numbers but i can tell you the same computers that successfully report the numbers for ufc and aew's more successful pay-per-views for the same providers are capable of reporting smaller numbers the computer doesn't care the computer's <laughs> agnostic and dave Meltzer gets the information from the same sources, whether they provide it to him or whether he subscribes to it, whether he pays a subscription for that, whether it's free because he's a member of the press. I don't know the answer to any of that. I do know that the same computers tabulate it exactly the same way. And whether the number is one or one million, the computer counts just as fast. I love that. that that's a great uh, analogy. And maybe that'll get through some people's heads and finally wake up and realize that Meltzer only reports what the narrative that he wants to push. And obviously that's an anti WWE narrative. It's true. And it's, you know, it's not even so much this anti WWE. It is just blatantly pro AEW and it's pro new Japan also, but I mean, I don't really have a horse in that race so much. I mean, I don't, I don't really have a horse in this race either. It's just there's things that annoy me. I mean, well, everyone, I mean, anyone who's listened to the show sort of knows, you know, where I fall on these things. I mean, I would like for AEW to do well. I would like for AEW to, to be better. I, I still think it's a fun show to watch, but I, that doesn't mean it's a good show. And at some point, all, all of this crash wrestling and crash booking hits a wall. I mean, it, it, it's, it's already too much for me, and I sort of enjoy it for the wrong reasons. There are things I like, and, and we talk about it every week. I love the stuff with Miro this week. I thought that the cage page match was good until the, the schmas at the end, where you've got the Dark Order still, you know, miring down page. Um, yeah, there's stuff. There's, there's definitely good stuff there. Uh, there's definitely interesting. It's just too... It, it's too crowded. It's too disorganized. The rankings, they make a big deal about them, but they clearly mean nothing except when yeah. they want them to mean something. It's, it's just all over the place. And they just, they just do gimmick after gimmick after gimmick and they just start renaming gimmicks. I don't know. Yeah. I, know. I, I, I feel like AEW, if you watch it, it's like wrestling for people with ADHD. Like I, they, they just throw everything out there. Like, and you're just expected to like it. Like this guy, Nagata, right? Mm -hmm. Like they make a big deal out of it. Like, oh my God, this guy, Nagata is going to go after Moxley. Like I'm supposed to give a shit. 
or know who this fucking guy is. Like, I don't. And if I remembered, I still don't give a shit. Like, so yeah. that's that's my problem is like they've already fucked up this. Uh, everybody got so hyped up. Uh, what was it? Two months ago when they tried to do this with Kenta and then they fucking shit on that. Like they fucked up that. They fucked up. They're going to fuck this one up, too. Well, I'm not, Kenta I, that's fucked I it up, shit. too. I mean, you know, Kenta, first of all, was only allowed to do certain things by New Japan. But I mean, his own finisher, he couldn't apply. Well, I, I half of that I blame on Moxley. I mean, look at him; he's a big lanky turd. Like, what but he he, he botched it on Peter Avalon too, who's about 147 pounds. No, no, I that, I, I'm gonna I'm putting that one on Kenta. But yeah, I, I'm the same. Listen, I've watched wrestling for a long time, and does Yugi Nagata sound familiar? Honestly, no. Um, does that make me a bad wrestling fan? Maybe. Okay, fine. I you know whatever. I don't care. I remember. Do you remember him from from WCW Nitro? No, I remember Muta. I remember Masahiro Chono. I remember Fuji and Saito. I remember Takashi. I, I mean, I remember Fuji. He was one of Sonny Ono's guys. Okay, swell. I, he obviously <laughs> didn't make much of an impact on me. That, that it's important. Listen, I don't think that there's any coincidence that they announced this match on U.S. soil until after Japan reimposed lockdowns and COVID and they canceled a bunch of matches in Kirk and Hall and things like that. I'm sure that Tony Khan jumped on the phone and said, you can hold your match on AWTV and I'll scratch you a check for a hundred grand and I'll pay all the expenses. And they're like, all right, why not? We'll give you the old guy. You know, Frank, you know, do you know that Frank Zappa wrote a song about him? I did not know that. Frank ne ne Nagata DeVita. Oh, that's a good song. <laughs> yeah, he's your former tag team. I was there with Joey Nutella. <laughs> Nagata and Nutella. There you go. Yeah. I mean, I'm nothing against the guy. Listen, look, I know that I'm a skeptic. I know that probably a lot of people say, you're not a skeptic. You are a cynic. You are a pessimist. Gotcha. I know a lot of you are saying, look, the forbidden door keeps getting kicked open. And, and all I'm saying is that I think there's another more realistic explanation for it. But even if, if it, even if it's, even if it's completely absent, the lockdown in Japan situation, what I've said about AEW is that the fans have invested in the promise and the potential and AEW gives them just enough, just enough to keep them string strung along. And this is another example of this. This is not oh, five, you know, whatever, five days ago, people would have been excited if it was Okada, Tanahashi, Naito, uh, maybe even Sonata, Evil, Osprey, obviously, Jay White, someone like that. Nobody would have been talking about Nagata. Maybe a Shingo, maybe. I mean, I don't think he's big enough yet for, for, for that. They sent Nagata, now everyone's pretending, whoa, Japanese legend Nagata. I mean, it's not even Suzuki. Um, <laughs> Thank you. Now they're all pretending it's a big deal. I mean, so they give just enough and and the fans eat it up, and it's enough to believe that something bigger is going to happen. You know, this reminds me of when Eric Bischoff would do this on Nitro. Like, it's the same thing when the new at, at it wasn't a New Japan then, but I was all Japan then, right? Yeah. I think, and they had the same thing. It was this partnership between all Japan and also uh, AAA. And that's when he started bringing in Psychosis and Eddie Guerrero, but Eddie he got from uh, ECW, uh, La Parca, El all Dandy. these guys, El Dandy, um, Juventud, Juventud, Chavo, like, Chavito. 
and and they were sold to us like these big things like and i was you know i think i was reading the torch uh or getting the torch the newsletter like the physical newsletter at the tail end of the 90s and reading about like and reading um pro wrestling illustrated so that way you would kind of catch up on what was going on in in these uh international markets and so you kind of knew like oh this is a big deal but 30 years later i mean i don't it, the winds are out of my sails i've already seen that eric bischoff didn't do anything with those guys and it took them jump a couple of them not even all of them just a couple eddie and benoit and jericho all they just jump ship and ray and Vince did something with them. Well, Bischoff did one thing with them, and that is that he paid them. And this, like the folks in New Japan, except for the ones that are actually on AW television, aren't getting paid for that. At least Bischoff hired 30 people. <laughs> it helped to ruin the company, but at least he hired the people. Because you know what this reminds me of? When, when you put down like a little bit of food here and then a little bit of food 12 feet further, a little bit of food 14 feet later, and then a little bit of food 18 feet later, and then the bear falls into a hole. This is bait, and people keep taking it. And <laughs> I, I'm just wondering when the hole is going to open up. That That's all. This this, this this is bait. And listen, if they're, if I'm wrong, everybody wins. I just, I just don't see it. Interpromotional cooperation doesn't historically work since the territory days and that was ancient that was all about house shows that was all about local tv yeah you know the, the world was very very different then yep yep i mean i'm interested i'll still keep following we do but, a I'm, <laughs> so. but i'm skeptical i gotta be honest with you i'm very skeptical about all of this 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 Selling me that it's a partnership, but meanwhile, like, I really don't buy that it's a partnership. I don't see what Impact's getting from this. Like, you tell me that people are watching. Are they, though? You tell me that people are talking about it. Okay, where does that translate to money? Well, they're not, they're, they're not watching, at least not consistently. I mean, and, and that goes for AW and Impact. I mean, AW tumbled this week. It went down to 889000 which a few months ago would have been considered disappointing even during NXT. During most of AEW's run, that would be considered very strong numbers uh, against NXT. Unopposed, everybody was sure there was going to be over a million, and then when it went to 1.3 million or 1.25, you know, no, it wasn't Tyson, people love AEW. Then next week it dropped 150,000. It's like, well, you know, people tuned in for Tyson, uh, but but you see, there's still over a million, and now they're going to grow the audience. One week later, they dropped what's the math between 1.1 million and 889? It's about 200 and, you know, probably 240,000, somewhere around there. So in three weeks, they've lost 400,000 viewers. That reminds me of week one to week two when it first debuted. People check in, they check out. Now, I'm not just talking about a, a well, I am right now, but NXT, same thing. They lost 100,000 viewers from the week before. They went down from something like it was like 835 or 841 down to 744 this week. So, you know, they so I predicted all this one week early. So am I a pessimist? Maybe. Am I a skeptic? Maybe. But I would say I was right. I was just a little bit early. 
And by the way, it's not just it's not just dynamite. Dark went down 238,000 this week. Dark elevation 261,000. Uh, two weeks ago for dark 276. Three weeks ago for dark 310. Dark has been the consistent victim of of all all this overexposure of wrestling. But now it looks like elevation starting to cool down too. So elevation, I said 261. But last week, 419, not terrible, but you, if you look at it in context, those numbers two weeks later were usually around five or 600,000. And three weeks ago was 665,000, which alone sounds like a good number. But prior weeks when we were at week three, it was like 900 to a million um, for that. So, you know, I don't know if it's AW or it's, there's just too much goddamn wrestling on. But if we want, we should at least touch on some other partnership news with other promotions. So CMLL and Ring of Honor formally ended their relationship. They are no longer working together. Some of their wrestlers are working for both companies, but... I caramba. Exactly. Um, well, there's going to be an I caramba section later that has to do with this. But Major League Wrestling and WWE have announced that they're talking about working together. Now, everybody's getting all excited. We're going to see Fatu against Roman Reigns, and we're finally going to see Hammerstone on SmackDown. I, I hold your horses, everybody. I don't think right. we're going to see that. I, I would love to see all of that, too, but my understanding of it so far, and listen, this is very early in the story. This is new news. It's not even confirmed, but my understanding is that WWE is going to send talent to MLW that, that's more developed uh, being developed. Um, so I don't know if it's, you know, people that they are underutilizing like a Carrillo or a Ricochet or, uh, you know, someone like that uh, to, to go to MLW, or if we're talking more about people from the performance center who aren't on the NXT card, don't know. Could be a combination of both. It could be someone like, a you know, Nakamura who they just don't have anything for. I doubt it. Um, don't know. We don't even know if it's true. Um, I hope it is for a bunch of reasons. One, I think it's great for MLW, uh, you know, who's moving to Vice TV come July. They're running one more new show or or new to air show next week, and then it's all reruns, I think, till July when they start their new season. So it'll be great for them to have some recognized name or at least some WWE rub or buzz about them when they go on a, on a network. Um, I hope that WWE watches it and that their creative takes notes because MLW, I'm not crazy about a lot of their roster, but they are creative. They they have yeah. wrestling stories. And I wish and I hope WWE does the same thing with NWA because they also have nice old fashioned wrestling stories and some interesting wrestlers. About half the roster I, you know, don't really care about, but they could they could do the same thing there. WWE has plenty of people. Um and it might help their their image a little bit if they did things like this and looked like they were helping some of the you know the, the other promotions and didn't seem like they were so paranoid though it is funny remember i think a couple weeks ago maybe last week one of my qacon conspiracies that was about cmll going under and wwe might scrap it you know might scrap their nxt lucha and just buy cmll and repackage it well yep this is not necessarily a brick in that wall but it's not necessarily not a brick in that wall so we'll see when I heard the news about this, I immediately thought about when Vince was paying Paul Heyman to keep ECW afloat back in uh, the late 90s. Mm -hmm. And I think this is the same thing. I think Vince or 
WWE is helping keep MLW stay afloat. And in turn, they don't want to be recognized in the fashion of, hey, give us credit for saving your asses. They want to say, all right, we'll, we'll create buzz our, and what'll keep morale high amongst our staff, right? I think they probably learned something from, okay, Andrade was pissed. He's a talented guy, but he's sitting on the bench and we got nothing for him. But maybe, just maybe, if we, let's say, farm him out to MLW or someone like him, will it keep him happy? He'll still get a WWE paycheck. Plus, he'll be honing his craft in the ring, getting some airtime for MLW. Maybe that keeps him happy until we're ready for something for him, and then we call him back up. Join merch, join pay-per-view percentages. It's possible. I don't know. I Listen, there's there's a couple things here. One, we both know somebody. We, we have a mutual acquaintance. I know this person a little bit better than you, but they, they indicate to me that they're pretty well aware of, of MLW's financials, and they, and they said that Court's doing fine. Now, that doesn't mean he's doing Boku fine, and you can always do finer, but the, 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 despite my protestations that MLW is a money laundering operation, that they apparently are a viable business. They do <laughs> make enough money from their sources, and this thing with Vice TV is, is certainly going to do nothing except help that. The other thing is Court Bauer was a WWE writer, uh, you know, in the aughts. Yep. So, you know, I don't know if he left on bad terms or not, but whatever, you know, but if he didn't, great. Or if those terms got repaired, you know, there's you know a lot of people come and go and come back. And, you know, I'm sure those relationships didn't hurt. Um, that said, I want to tie into a QAcon conspiracy possible storyline. Because right now going on in MLW, there is this Azteca underground group, which, you know, there there's is. mysterious buyer, El Jefe. And they may have just fired Selena De La Renta on the air. It's, it's, you know, they basically did the old before there was Legato de Fantasma, where they kidnapped someone with a guy with a mask and put them into uh, an SUV. Well, in MLW it was a Toyota Corolla, but <laughs> not exactly. And she, and she ran off and into a helicopter, and now all of a sudden, now she's changed her Twitter and and. That's right. That's right. And she's. I'm upset. She's, I'm upset. I understand. So anyway, where I'm going with this is that, and I'm sure you've already figured it out, is that the Azteca underground owner, El, Heke, El Jefe, is a McMahon. Oh, what? Ay, ay, ay. Oh, my God. Ay, ay caramba. Ay, caramba. That's right. Um, in other, you talked about Andrade. So Andrade announced his first uh, indie show, and it's in July, and he's facing Alberto Del Rio at uh, at a show that is I, I don't know the name of the it's like the Nacion show. It is the promotion that Alberto Del Rio and Chavo Guerrero started, then folded, and now have restarted. The one that they said proudly, our people are going to be full time employees with full time health insurance. Well, they 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 pulled the plug on that right away. They're restarting it. No no statements like that that I'm aware of. In any event, I mean, yeah, Del Rio is one of the owners, but Andrade can do better than that. This, I mean, Alberto Del Rio, he is facing, he has a trial date on the 3rd, next week. Um, 
I don't know what's going to happen. I don't, you know, uh, you know, there was uh, an apology and there, there's probably been some civil settlement or whatever it is. So there's, there's a fair chance the the cases, the charges will be dropped by the state or uh, what they call no papered or null prost. Um, but depending on the evidence, I mean, the police may be able to testify. They do that a lot in domestic violence cases. So we don't know. So there's, there's a chance that Del Rio will be convicted before this show happens. Anyway, I think Andrade could have made better choices than having his first announcement against, you know, a sort of a recidivist troublemaker. That said, and I shared this with you, there's apparently another show that, that's uh, going on. Um, and I didn't catch the promotion, but it's like a super show. And so you've got Andrade, you've got... Um, the Lucha Brothers, you have Flamita or Bandito from Ring of Honor, you have PJ Black, who apparently is healthy now, Matt Taven from Ring of Honor, mm. uh, Taya Conte is on the card. Um, there's a bunch of, I mean, I think it's all Latin wrestlers, though I didn't know Matt Taven was Latin, but you know, I have no idea what his real name is. Um, you know, Taven certainly doesn't sound any particular ethnicity. But whatever. I mean, hardly important. But uh, but it, it it looks like there's a lot of established people. I think I saw Aerostar on there. Um, Aerostar. Yeah. It, I mean, the poster. It's a nice poster. It looks like. I mean, there's a lot of talent on the show. Where's the Where's the show? It's in Mexico. Oh. I, I sent you the poster. Look at look into in the in Messenger and pull it up. Uh, too small for my old eyes to see. Otherwise, I tell you. Oh, I'll take a look but, but uh, the the card that uh, he's facing Del Rio on, also on that show, by the way, will be Kalisto's first indie, indie card, and Epico and Primo are on that card also. So they're also working with Alberto de, Del Rio. So, you know, Andrade's certainly not alone in this choice. Hmm. But he has more options than those guys do. He does. I think so, anyway. Um while you're looking that up, I just wanted to point out that, that we are aware that this week that there was a little dust up between Chelsea Green and the Young Bucks were involved and involved two artists and, and possible photographs. And there was issues with copyrights. And I have to be honest with you. I knew the story at one point. I forgot the details of it. And the reason I forgot the details of it is because we had sort of like 50-50 assurances that the actual artists or photographers involved, that at least one of them would be on the show tonight. Um, that didn't work out. Again, it was never confirmed, so it's not like they bailed uh, or either of them bailed. Uh, and we're hoping that one or both of them will come on next week. Now, they have said everything's cool. They're not here to bury anyone. Everything is good, so I want to put that out there. I told them, I don't want you to bury anyone. I just want to hear the story. And because this show is interested in legal aspects and intellectual property, I just want to hear the story. I just want to hear the truth of what happened, and, and I'm glad that it's resolved, but I just want to hear it because I'm, I'm curious about that. So, uh, we will hopefully talk yeah. about that next week. If not, you'll all forget about it by then. Yeah, Jeff. I mean, not only that, I mean, I think we're both interested in hearing, you know, how a wrestling fan uh, gets into drawing wrestling art and then, uh, you know, where, how that becomes a passion. You know, I am not an artistic person. I know, Jeff, you are not one, you know, not that you've shared your art with me or anything. I have not. I don't know I've not shared my art with you. I may surprise you. I know. I don't know if we're at that level yet, but you know, it, it's, 
interesting to see how you know someone gets into that sort of stuff and then starts sharing that with the world and you know what that struggle is like to get out there and get their 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 content seen and then all of a sudden it gets you know in the hands of a couple of uh prominent wrestlers and then you know that's a i'm sure there's a struggle in the story there so like that's really what we want to get at yeah i'm very interested in that too and how you sort of get from being a hobbyist to turning it into a business um it's also should be said that this is a business with a lot of contradictions when it comes to intellectual property i mean companies are very possessive of their stuff on air on youtube on the internet but you can go to a wrestling convention with wrestling companies participating and there's all sorts of artists and vendors there selling their fan art and stuff like that there's they're not licensed they're just doing it it's it's yeah it's almost like comic-con it's like they know it supports they know it supports the industry but you can't do t-shirts you know there's certain there's certain there's certain lines that you can't cross but if you're doing your version you know you're drawing sting or you're painting ftr or whatever it is that you're doing they allow that and especially if you're renting a booth at comic-con or at starcast or you know whatever it is i don't know how it is at, at the wrestlemania things i i bet it's different there um yeah, I don't know. I, I sometimes I feel like it's the Wild West, and then sometimes I feel like there's there's times where they start kind of cracking down on things. Like I don't know if you're aware, but like even today, we're recording on a Friday, and AW cracked down on a bunch of YouTube channels that they, were they showing. Down. Oh, sorry. AW, they were cracking down on a bunch of YouTube channels, including their own channels. <laughs> uh that had aw content yes they i am in an aw fan group i know a lot of people out there are collectively you know having strokes um they they that site got a copyright strike and they're like why would they do that we're an aw fan group but we're supporting the product i'm like their algorithm doesn't care and it actually said the owner has filed a copyright strike against you because 39 seconds of that video is owned by aw i mean it, it was it was that detailed and, and yes i mean you know wwe's been doing this for a while i guess it surprises people that aw do, does don't be but i think what steve was talking about earlier and, and we'll circle back to this if you want to your point is that it is a little bit like the wild west i understand why people are confused about it because it's not consistently enforced mm -hmm. and the lines aren't the same for each company all i have to tell you is these are private property rights so it's for the property owner to enforce or not, and they don't have to be consistent. So if you own a house with a yard and the uh, Swedish bikini team decides to trespass on your yard and stay there for a couple of weeks and you don't mind the view and you don't kick them off, it doesn't mean that if the cast, you know, that, that if uh, the Charles Manson family comes on and occupies another, <laughs> that, that you can't kick them off your property because it's your property. Uh, now, this is obviously absurd examples and dated references. That said, it's, you know, you just have to understand in civil law, especially, it doesn't have to be consistent. It's your right to enforce or not. I like that analogy. I'm going to go run to my front yard to see if the Swedish bikini team is out there. No, they're in mine. <laughs> I don't even have a front yard. I live in a condo. Plus, I live in La Sicaria. I don't. What do I need any Swedish bikini people for? There you go. You have. Uh, you ha you have her. I, I have the embodiment of Venus right here. Absolutely. 
Let's talk about AEW. Let's get into um, <laughs> breaking news that happened very recently. Uh, apparently, the hashtag Fire Taz has made its way to Taz himself. <laughs> yeah, uh, he, he he didn't really seem to like it. Um, <laughs> He's not too happy, apparently. Yeah, I mean, Jeff, yeah. Jeff knocked on his door and was like, hey, you're a bad manager. And then Taz replied with like this gif of a, of a guy like pretending to care. And, and Jeff was like, hey, buddy, you're a really good commentator, but you can't lie. You're a horrible manager. Yeah, and I told him that this is not new. I've been saying this since he threw in the towel. Yeah. And so he hasn't really – like you, you've been saying for weeks – Nothing that Christian just didn't say on Wednesday night. Like he pretty much said everything with the with the small omission of hashtag fire Taz. It's it's so true. And the funny thing about it is that up until that point, Team Taz was actually having a good night. I mean, <laughs> yes, Taz went to commentary and did jack shit, but his team ambushed uh, Hangman Page and Brian Cage beat Hangman Page basically clean. And they won a big, big match. That was a, that was a big. I was like, oh no, no hashtag fire Taz tonight. And then Christian buried Taz, and Taz, you know, basically was left speechless. I'm like, thank God, hashtag fire Taz lives again. Um, but yeah, no, it's true. I've been saying nothing other than what Christian said, and you know, thank you, Christian, for pointing out the obvious. <laughs> I know, right? So thank you, Taz. I hope you're listening, and uh, we're big fans, but. I can't lie, you're booked like complete shit. You're booked like a bozo on AEW. Hopefully okay. the tides will turn. It's still real to me. Still, uh, I know. You're can, we talk about, is... can we talk about f- f- funny, real things that happen on AEW? So they had the scene with, with Kenny uh, Omega and the Young Bucks. And so commentary goes, we're going to hear from Kenny and the Young Bucks who are standing by. And they're all in this limousine. The good brothers are right there, and commentary <laughs> ignored them. It's like it's like they're completely. Bar- I mean, I understand that they don't say Michael Nakazawa, who was the, the limo driver, apparently, and I guess Cutler was squeezed in there somewhere that we never saw. But I mean, they they Kenny and the Bucks are standing by. And you don't mention the good brothers who are there. I mean, I mean, I approve of that. It's just it's just weird. I I also don't understand why they look like they have a lot of money, but. Couldn't they afford a larger limo? Like, why is it that Gallows and Anderson look like they were sitting on each other's laps? Like, I, yeah, it, it was too tight. And after last week, by the way, they got they got scared. They were saying how they're not afraid, and they got scared by a horn, which really was stupid humor. It wasn't funny. But after last week, why would they downsize? Like, yeah, right. Why like, would they downsize? Upsize? Like, wouldn't you be there in like an an armored terrain vehicle? Like an armored troop carrier. Yeah. Yeah. Why why wouldn't they upsize? Like you don't You're think right. Tony Khan can call in a favor to the Jacksonville Police Department and and get one of their, <laughs> you know, the tanks that they got after a mobile command company. unit or something like that? Yes, and just let them be in there and you know, have like state troopers, you know, they're already stationed there for security for, for a scene or off duty guys, and they pay them some moonlighting and, and whatever it is, and and I don't know. I mean, just why downsides? It was it was strange. I mean, if you're if you got hit by a monster truck last week, you don't go into a smaller car. It was oh silly. My God. 
By the way, I had this argument with somebody that the that Mike Seidel, not Matt Seidel, but Mike Seidel has been on TV in matches on Dynamite more than Christian, Will Hobbs, Scorpio Sky, Ethan Page, Sean Spears, SCU, and you know, Joey Janela, Sonny Kiss, any number of people that you can name that Mike Seidel, and yes, he's lost them all, but still, why is Mike Seidel on TV in matches more often than you know people who are supposed to be you know semi big stars now that person said no he's only been in two matches i'm pretty sure he's been in, in <laughs> three i think the two are tag matches whatever it is if it's only two then he's tied with with some of those people either way it's still silly maybe he's getting paid a lower rate <laughs> maybe <laughs> yes I'm, I'm pretty sure he is uh anyway it looks like scu is finally uh cashing in on their number one uh, contendership status, which they've had for about six months now. Um, yeah, I don't get that. I know people enjoyed the Penta Orange Cassidy match. I absolutely hated it. I agree. And and I don't even care that the interpreter sort of screwed up. I mean, first of all, it's it's too soon for that to happen. Yes, but- thank you, Jeff. Jesus Christ! Like, <laughs> it's getting really sad. Where I, I'm just like every match that Penta is in, I'm just like, well. Let's find a way how they're going to fuck this guy over one more time. Let's right. see what they do this week. Is he a heel? Is he a face? I guess this week he's a heel again because he's got the interpreter who's cheating and, and Orange Cassidy, who's obviously a face that they think is going to be one of their stars. Um, you know, now Orange Cassidy is giving Darby Allen for a run as to who's more of a Terminator because, I mean, Penta hit Cassidy with three super kiss or kicks or thrust kicks, a Canadian destroyer. And then, you know, he was going to apply his finisher and, and Cassidy basically, you know, reversed it. I mean, it was not an unclever finish, but he should have been dead. It's just it's just too much no selling. It was it uh-huh. was just too much. The, this, the way they're booking their small guys to look like they're indestructible. It's just too much. They, they, they need to do something more clever than nothing can put this guy away. I mean, even Daniel Bryan passed out today to the guillotine i i mean i don't know we'll get to that but that was roman reigns too i I understand but i mean i don't i just you know i think penta should better things should be for penta but decide what you're gonna do with him or free him but like i I said the aw doesn't know what to do with 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 colored talent it's unfortunate but this is true like they don't know what to do with them they gave him alex abrahentis like who's this guy well, I, I, I mean, Zelina, I, just hire uh, Thea Trinidad and call it a day. Okay, I, I, I'm okay with that. Um, Thank you. The parlay was not a parlay, so the so the biggest the biggest part of the show was a parlay where Sean Spears says, "No, we were lured into this. Don't flip the coin. We get the advantage." That's it. That, that, that we agreed to that. I mean, that was dumb. And then listen, the promos were good. That was dumb, but the promos were very good. Uh, but then Jericho talked about Sammy quit. I thought that Sammy quitting was was a ruse to, you know, expose MJF. And apparently he really did quit, but they were talking every day on the phone. Jericho never said I brought him back. He said, no, stupid. We talk every day. We were planning. We were planning. So, I mean, a loophole. I, I mean, you know, maybe I pay more attention to detail than, than others do, but I thought that really bothered me as well. Um, is there any is there any chance that Sammy turns on the inner circle? 
there's always a chance. <laughs> I mean, you know, they were making it look pr pretty, you know, that, that Sammy was pretty out there, but I, I mean, there's always a chance. Uh, I mean, you'd have a six person faction plus Tully. That that's a lot, but the dark <laughs> but order no, has but, more but, than that. The, the nightmare family has 97 members. I mean, there you go. So it's not out of the realm of possibility in AEW. No, it absolutely is not out, out of the realm. Um, I mean, you have Jericho, you have MJF turning on Jericho, then Sammy turning on Jericho. I mean, at some point, isn't Jericho the issue? Um, I don't know. I don't know. We'll see. But I want you to talk about the Eddie Kingston, uh, Michael Nakazawa, Omega, Moxley <laughs> match situation. I will. Because this, I will, is, but this is teed up for you. Oh, without a doubt. The, 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 I will, getting back to the parlay, though, I do love that. Ty Dillinger had a moment of like shine. They had a spotlight on him. He actually cut a pretty decent promo on Sammy. And then Sammy gets the mic and completely murders this buffoon. Like he said, he said, you're a loser ever since you stepped in here. Hell, you've been a loser ever in your other company too. Oh shit. That I was rolling. I was like, you're dead. How can anybody take him seriously after that? Like Sammy just completely killed him. Well, shoot, shoot promos are the best. I mean, Christian did the same thing with Taz. I mean, people, you know, the, the Miz does that. Daniel Bryan does it. I mean, it, you know, it, it's tried and true. Listen, you're right. It, it, it's exactly correct. Um, I don't know how the heels can possibly win this anyway, unless somebody turns, which shouldn't happen, but you can never rule it out. You know, before you get into the Moxley thing, because that is perfect for you, for weeks we were told the Blood and Guts episode was a one-match show. And By whom, though? Tony Khan? <laughs> Dave Meltzer. Oh, well, Dave Meltzer. Okay, that's fine. Well, he blocked me, so I can't see anything that he says. Uh, <laughs> um, at least for the last month or the last three weeks, he's blocked me. It's, it's, it's pretty recent. Um, but not more recent than that announcement. Anyway... It's now like at least three matches, maybe more. We've got QT versus Cody, I think, on there, and we've and well, we've got the next match that we're gonna that you're gonna talk about now, which was just, I mean, fine, fine riding. Oh my god! So <laughs> last week I ranted about Moxley looking like an idiot, like Stone Cold Light, and you know he runs, he gets this big foot, he rams it into an empty bus, and then there's no climax like he's just like all right i'm gonna take my ball and go home now i miss them all shucks and he left this week he starts out guns blazing he sneaks up on kenny omega and he puts him in a sleeper hold and they're about to break his ankle and um don uh <laughs> i was about to call this guy don cornelius <laughs> Don, Don Callis comes out and he's like, oh my God, I'll give you anything. I'll give you anything. Please don't kill him. Please don't kill him. And, and so Moxley can say whatever he wants. He can say, I want a rematch for the AEW world title. You know, give me a match with the Young Bucks. They've got the tag team titles because me and my new homie, uh, Eddie Kingston here, we're uh, a force to be reckoned with. Does he ask for anything worth? No, he didn't. Damn. Any le anything legitimate? No. 
He yeah. asks for a like he doesn't even ask for a match with the Good Brothers or the Young Bucks. Like he asks a match for Kenny Omega and Michael Nakazawa. What? Why him? With like but is boxing like I understand that when the baby is born, you're sleep deprived because the baby's crying and you gotta wake up at three in the morning to feed the baby. The baby's not here yet. Okay, well, I was wondering if you're breaking some news. Explain, explain to me how Moxley is this dense that he can't say, "Give me a world title match, or I'll break this fucker's leg." There is no explanation. This this is absurd. They, they literally said you can have anything you want, anything we want. Yes, anything you want. I mean, he could have said, "It's two on one, me and Kingston against Omega for the title." I mean, even if they want to go with this tag match, which makes no sense, because said, if we win this tag match, both of us get title shots. Whichever one's, which whichever one of us wins first, you know, we'll do something. Or if we beat you in a tag match, we get we're the number one contenders for the Bucks title. I mean, nothing. Even those things don't make sense. You you go for the title, but nothing at all. Just Nakazawa and Omega in a tag match. <laughs> it's just ridiculous to me. Ridiculous, like. I don't I don't know. I just I this is where like again he comes off as this stone cold light. He's like he's like bad cheap light beer. He's not even natty light. He's worse than natty light. At least after a natty several natty lights I can get a buzz. There's no buzz with his light beer. Like Moxley's just trash. He's just what like beer water. I want to choose my words carefully because WWE storytelling for years has been largely bad, boring, and just as inconsistent. SmackDown has had moments of brilliance, including tonight. Raw's had moments, but for the most part, WWE programming is the wrestling programming is rather dull. It's rather mundane. It's rather banal. And I know we spend a lot of time in AEW, but that's the new thing. That's, that's the new thing to compare to the existing things. So that makes sense. So I know it seems like we're we're burying something and not talking about the other. So I want to put put that there, put that out there. But the point being is that John Moxley, what his real name is, John Wood or whatever his name is, he spent a lot of time talking about how the storytelling and the the, the writing was terrible in WWE and he hated it. How can he how can he say that with a straight face? and stand behind this. He has to know how stupid this sounded. He just had to know. I mean, this is every bit as stupid as anything I've ever seen in WWE, short of maybe Nicholas. This is the sort of stuff that Vince McMahon was protecting him from. He wanted to protect him from looking like Stone Cold Steve Austin because he knew that this guy didn't have the cojones to be Stone Cold Steve Austin. He didn't have the mental fortitude to get it over like Stone Cold did. And so you you get Stone Cold Light, which is John Moxley. He does dumb shit. I said this last week. Imagine Steve Austin threatening to go to Brian Pillman's house and he knocks on Brian Pillman's house and is going to do a home invasion. And then <laughs> Brian Pillman's not there. Yeah. Imagine The Rock. He's going to go meet him at the bridge. He goes... Drives his four by four over there. Oh, rock's gone. Credits. 
Like, it's so stupid. Like, why? Moxley looks like an idiot. And now he can't even hide behind, oh, it's such good, it's such good shit. Like, he can't even hide behind that. Right. Because you, you, you're controlling your own narrative now, right? Right? Right. Or the, or the talent is given freedom with creative or whatever it is. And listen, maybe it's going to lead to, I mean, it better lead to something else, you know, but still, I don't see how, how, how this would be the rational choice of anyone, how this match would be the choice. All right. Well, let's talk about some good um, because I am apparently the factory's only fan. So QT won his match against Dustin and going to a go-go was beating everyone up with that one punch. Um, QT still looks slow and ridiculous. Of course, Cody had to steal the shine, but who cares? The fact the factory won. They're still making a go-go look like an unstoppable force, like that punches, you know, behind the bro kick. Nobody gets out of that. Um, Miro looked great. Killed Kip Sabian in that stupid shirt he was wearing. I mean, it made me feel like Ronnie Dangerfield in in uh, Back to School when he said, mm-hmm. "Do you sell men's clothes here?" Um, so yes, I know I'm old. And listen, whatever I said about Yugi Nagata before, I stand behind. But I will give that a minor wow. I mean, you know, it's it's not nothing. So that that's the good. Now we get to cool. ten versus Darby. Before we get there, I, I want to talk about a go go. I like how they're booking a go go, mm-hmm. but aren't they? Isn't AEW booking themselves into a corner here? First off, a couple weeks ago, when a go go one punches this jobber, uh, I think his name was Cole Jobber, mm-hmm. and he punches this gut punches this guy and he shrivels up, uh, and dies. And the I just was upset because I think that should have been the ending to the previous match, which was Jade Cargill versus Red Velvet. I think Jade should be booked like a go-go is being booked. Also, now that you see like a go-go being built up, it reminds me of another guy that should be built up this way. And that's Miro. So what, what, what are we doing here? Like, you're going to give a go-go the push that you should be giving to Miro? Am I confused here? Am I out of line? What What am I, Jeff? I don't know. I mean, listen, the pairing of Miro and Sabian was terrible from jump. It had to end. So they finally ended that thing with the best friends. And now... Miro has to go through Kip. I don't think this is the end of it. Maybe it is. Maybe he broke his wrist and they're going to write Kip off TV for a while or maybe write him off forever. I don't know. Um, whatever it is, I thought Miro looked good. And, and you know, I, I would love if they strapped the rocket to him because, you know, I don't like the term someone deserves it, but in my mind, he does deserve it. And he does look like a legit badass. He's a, he's a monster there. Mm-hmm. He looks good. He talks good. I love him as a heel. He's got a good move set. I mean, he looks like a champion. Um, the only thing he doesn't have is championships. So why not? And I don't know why it's got to be the TNT title. Plus, I don't know how anyone could beat Darby because nobody can beat. The only one who stands a chance is Orange Cassidy because they're both uh, mini Terminators. Um, <laughs> as far as a go-go is concerned, which is who you actually asked me about, I mean, my biggest question this week is why wasn't he in the ring? He wasn't in the match. Now, the week before, we said we never see Solo wrestle, so maybe that's the answer. Um, but 
I mean, you know, and I like Camarado, uh, but couldn't like QT not be in the match? Did he have to ring general it? Because he ain't that good. Uh, maybe he's good at calling things. Uh, you know, maybe he's better at calling and generaling than he is at actually wrestling, which I guess makes some sense. I'm starting to think that they're okay with feeding. I don't want to use the word Barry, but just feeding QT as the sacrificial lamb and then a go-go camarado and solo are going to rescue QT and or avenge him. I feel like that's what's the story. Well, of course. And at some point you're going to find that the QT has been robbing them or he's been like, you know, fabulous mooling them, taking too much of the money or something. And, and you know, whatever. <laughs> he's, been, he's been pimping them. Well, robbing them, taking too much of a cut. This is this is the 21st century. There's there's no pimps anymore. Um, no pimps anymore. No pimps anymore. It's done. Um, whatever it is, QT will always be on TV and he'll always have a storyline. Whether he's with the bunny, whether he's complaining that his wife never sees him anymore, even though she doesn't care that he's with the bunny. Whether he's, you know, in in programs with Cody, whatever it is, it doesn't matter. He's always going to have a role. I don't know what to tell you about that, but uh, yeah, I think that you're right. They're very happy to have him be the sacrificial lamb, but he's always going to be on TV in prime time on the main show. It's it's just something that we have to accept that comes with with AEW is that Cody's always going to look like Hulk Hogan, and QT Marshall will always be on TV. He's going to be like Tito Santana, who was on TV every single week in WWF for 10 years. Every single episode. There was no there was no show that Tito Santana wasn't on. That's right. Tito, but Tito was over, at least in my heart. Well, okay. Arriba! That, that, that's fine. Yeah, well, let's say someone that maybe wasn't like Jim Duggan, you know, for six <laughs> years on every single goddamn show going, ho, oh, with that stupid two-by-four. Tough guy! Shut up! Hey, tough guy! <laughs> They um, give him an American flag. So Ten, who I don't recall ever seeing win a solo match on Dynamite, had a TNT title match. I, we both know why. Everyone knows why. I'm not even going to say it. I, I, I'm done being that that guy. Um, this this match went way too long. Made no sense. Uh, the whole payoff was that Ethan Page was being a provocateur, and while Sting was paying attention to Ethan Page, Scorpio Sky chop blocked him and they they beat up Sting and made Darby watch. Um, this was a missed opportunity. You had Sting there. You had negative one there, Evil Junior. You had to perfect opportunity to execute my plan, which was to recreate the, the whole theme of child's play and have Sting be the doll, the Chucky doll trying to steal to suck the soul out of negative uh, one and switch bodies with him. So that way he could recreate his life and his career through the uh, life of negative one. It, it, it just writes itself. It could have happened right there, but I they missed tell it. You, man. Dude, they, they're just not that into you. I'm, I'm, I'm going to, you know what? I'm going to tweet them. I'm going to tweet write, them. You should write a letter. I'm going to, I'm going to write a tweet. Damn it. I'm going to write a tweet to both of them. I'm going to say, listen here, guys, I got a great idea. It's better than any of Chelsea Green's ideas. <laughs> Good idea. You should you should definitely do that. You should definitely look into that for sure. 
and Archer with the save. So, you know, I don't know. I, I, I mean, I guess we're going to get Darby and Archer with Sting in the corner against Paige and Sky as a tag team match at some point um, to keep Sting out of it. I, I, I don't know. I, I don't know, and I don't care until they tell me that story about Sting trying to take that boy's soul. Yeah, and, <laughs> and switch it and, and switch it with his. <laughs> uh, it's it's just so bizarre that you love that, but you hate Lily and the Fiend. But I don't want to I don't want to revisit that ground. But what was weird? I don't really care about this that much either. I mean, it's it's sort of par for the course. <laughs> what I do care about is this is how the show closed when next week is blood and guts, and they now have three or more matches on. All during the show, they had stories that advanced to those matches. The show should have closed with something leading to blood and guts. I mean, you know, that, that's my only closing point as far as logic is concerned. I guess they think that Sting is what pe keeps people tuning in, but I think it took about three weeks before they realized he didn't say very much and he wasn't going to do very much. And when he did things, it'd be slowly. You, you okay? Uh, Are you pretending to be Sting by not saying anything and I'm, moving I'm, slowly? I'm trying, I'm trying to think of like, a, maybe maybe they should have like a storyline where Darby Allen is from the future. He's actually negative one from the future. And he comes back like, Marty. <laughs> And, then, and this is all like Rick and Morty or like Doc and Marty. Except Sting is Doc Brown. It's good that you are cracking yourself up. Um, I want to touch on a couple things from NXT, which was a pretty uneventful show. We did not have the schism between Raquel and Dakota. It looks like Mercedes might be turning face. Uh, they used the flower gimmick two nights in a row, Raw and NXT. We already talked about Cameron Grimes. Tian Shah was back only in a vignette, but Zia Li was screaming in angry Chinese. So, well, not screaming, but speaking in angry Chinese. So I'm all about that. And we had an Everize brief interview, which was perfect. First, I was like, oh, who cares what they have to say? And they asked, I think her name is Mackenzie, and said, ah, Mackenzie, do you have any questions you want to ask about Everize's Saturday morning NXT show? And she goes, no. <laughs> that, was, that was it. So that was perfect. Thank you, Mackenzie. That was beautiful because that's exactly what went through my head. So that was perfect. I still like Indy as the reluctant, embarrassed teenager. Oh, I um, love them together. And the Imperium and Killian Dane story is almost interesting. So I'm, I'm going to give it that. It's almost interesting. And anything with Kyle O'Reilly puts me in a coma. They should do a dirty dancing skit, like a recreation of like, don't put baby in the corner. With Dexter Loomis and Andy Hartwell, they absolutely should, and he should he should draw out the storyline first, so like storyboards <laughs> you used to see. I, I know that there was an Adam Cole promo there where he's complaining about being hot while he's in a black suit in Florida. I I, I don't find all all I can think when I see Adam Cole is that his head is the same size as the rest of his body. <laughs> I'm really like enamored with this idea of Back to the Future and Darby Allen and Negative One. And Sting right. is Doc. All right. So Raw. I want to talk about Raw that 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 Anand Verk had his first botch with his first words. He said that welcome to the clinically acclaimed Thunderdome. Not the critically acclaimed Thunderdome. The clinically acclaimed Thunderdome. Do you think yes. that he's trying do you think he's trying to get fired at this point? No, no. He called oh, the Viking Raiders the Viking Express. That was the first night. 
he did that twice, the two weeks in a row, and they keep correcting him. And uh, no, I, I don't know. I, I think that maybe he just thinks that, that Nick Khan is in his corner and he'll get better. And he's Vince McMahon, but he's he's Mike Adamley bad. Like Mike Adamley was so revered coming out of American Gladiators, and he shit the bed royally. This is Adnan Verk, and I don't really. I watch MLB Network. He's not even like the best guy on MLB Network. No, he's not even. I mean, even tonally, I think that he's wrong for that show. I mean, I, I've said before, I cannot tell the difference when Corey Graves is talking in a normal voice and Byron Saxton is talking. And then I, I don't know which one is talking. It, only when Corey goes into his like exaggerated Corey character do I know who's speaking. So tonally, there's no difference. They could have kept Mickey James and put her there. Forget about Samoa Joe, obviously the best choice. But like anyone, why can't Booker T do it? I mean, I, I don't I don't think it was a good choice by any means, but I think he's got I, I think he's got a, a a few months in him before they do anything. Anyway, this show was pumping up Make a Wish. And all I can tell you is after the commercial break, they did the typical thing where there's a, a disqualification. And Drew McIntyre came up to even up the odds for Braun, who didn't want Drew in the match. Braun against still T-Bar and Mace. And you come back and there's a, a tag match. My make-a-wish is that they would stop using that as a plot device. It's not clever. It's not fun. They do it every goddamn week. There's nothing interesting about it. Um, anyway, predictably and finally, there was a miscue and Drew clotheslined Braun mid-choo-choo. Um, so we got a, a second week in a row with a countout victory for Mason T-Bar. I also want to point out that Braun is calling Drew stubborn and pigheaded and bullheaded. And so his he just came out of a storyline where Shane's calling him names and bullying him for being stupid. And just a couple of weeks later, Braun is calling Drew stupid. So let, you know, let's let's go with that. Um who's stupid yeah. now? Yeah, who's stupid now? Not Morrison's hair. That's not stupid. That that's oh, a no, show stealer right there. The tomatoes, stupid. I actually like the unplugged hey hey hop hop though. I thought that was pretty good. No, horrible. Uh, it was horrible until they started with the um until they actually started singing. But the tomato priest promo was pretty good. But the tomatoes just just terrible. Um, I like the Sonia Deville Charlotte thing. I like. I love it. Yeah, you know, I love it. I I, I, like, I love that. I love that they made the ref. Uh, apologize. Yeah, but I also like where this story can go because he can become like the Danny Davis, Nick Patrick, like oh, in her yes. pocket, heel ref, or he may have you know try to get even by by backstabbing her or both. I mean, you you can have both. It's just a matter of time. Um, I don't know. It's it's just whatever it is. There's a lot of directions it could go into, and I like it. It's it's fun. It's creative. I like the Sonya Deville, you know, undermining thing. I've been I've been talking about this for a while. I'm very happy that it's expanded to Raw. I like the the Charlotte Deville look. It's sort of like, you know, one is all dark, one was all white. You mm -hmm. know, oh, had a very like evil, it. like a very evil team kind of thing. You know, like oh, it was a Laozian thing, which is yin and yang for those who don't know words. I like the idea of we haven't seen a heel ref angle in quite some time. I like that. Well, they, in MLW, they actually have disgraced NBA referee Tim Donaghy as a corrupt referee on MLW from time to time. And, and uh, like the the dynasty, R Richard Holiday bribes him. And, I'm and surprised that Vince didn't think of taking that guy and doing that with him. 
who, I mean, who even remembered the guy was around? I, I only know who he is from when they did it on 30 Rack, when Jack Donaghy said, uh, Jack, I didn't know you had a brother. I don't talk about him. He's a disgrace NBA referee. <laughs> I, mean, I mean, otherwise I would have forgotten about it completely. It sure um, was so great. MVP and Lashley, excellent promo. Riddle made me crack up three times. When, when Randy Orton's like, we don't have anything common. We're both from Earth. <laughs> it's like, oh, but you know what I loved about it is that it looks to me like Riddle is actively trying to break whoever is across from him. Like, I don't know if they, they practice it or they know the premise of it, but it looks like he's actively trying to crack him. And there's a point where, like, you you if you watch it back, it looks like Randy's trying to hold back a laugh, especially when he hits that, well, we're both from Earth. And, like, he's got that, like, like silence. And, yeah. like, Randy's like, I can't believe I'm fucking working with this guy. And, and I botched it because he said... I don't even know what planet you're from. He's like, I'm from Earth. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. It was it just the whole thing was great. And like he, Randy's like, shh. And so he did the zip my lips segment. Yeah. And then, and then he the, unzipped it. And then, right. He unzipped it when the interviewer asked him a question. I mean, that it's those things, that kind of Bugs Bunny cartoon, Looney Tune stuff that, that, that makes me laugh. And, and I like Riddle, but I haven't enjoyed his character that much. I love this. He's, and he's this, growing on you now. No, this was great. I'm not saying he's great. This was great. This was all the timing was perfect. The interplay I don't was know, perfect. Jeff. It's great. I think I think he's growing on you. Better shut up, you stupid head. <laughs> uh, clumsy Naya continued. Alexis oh, playground me, was brilliant. Let me let me ask you this. Yeah. So yeah. on Monday, Naya slips on water. Everybody on Tuesday is bitching about. Oh, they did Rhea Ripley wrong. No one can take her seriously when she's in this comedy fucking show with fucking Nia slipping on water. And then come, so everybody's shitting on it. Nia's horrible. She's doing pratfalls. Horrible. Nonsense. Nobody wants nonsense in their wrestling. Wednesday night, the Young Bucks are in a match. And in the middle of the match, I think it's Nick Jackson, does a horrible leg split. Not You can't really do it justice. It's not even a leg split. And he does the Johnny Cage punch from to the balls from uh, Mortal Kombat. And he looks right directly in the the camera. He breaks the fourth wall. Right. Everybody, everybody loves this shit. Eats this shit up. Jeff, what's the difference between that nonsense and Nia's nonsense? It's I both heard. in the middle of a match. I already explained this to you when we talked about Tessa. Everything that AEW has been preordained by a higher power and has been given the approval of the highest of authorities and any mistakes have been dispensed of in advance. Penance has been paid in advance just by them being wonderful. This is this is cult-like behavior, I'm telling you. It is a cult-like behavior, but, I mean, fans are fanatics. So, I mean, it's, it's you know, that's that's what it is. Listen, I like clumsy Naya. I'm just not sure why, you know, well, I know where I want to end, but I, I like the clumsy Naya thing. I just don't know how you turn her face. Um, mm. But there you go. Um, I know that you love the Lexus Playground. I can't stand it. Lily, I, I, 
The, the puppet's got horrible teeth. I I, I don't like it. They're uh, skulls. I don't like it. The teeth are skulls. It's awesome. Oh, it's even worse. It's disgusting. No. How did she get teeth? No, this is nonsense. Well, anyway, Braun won his challenge match against Drew um, because T-Bar and Mace led to Braun winning. And so Braun has been added into the main event at WrestleMania Backlash. It's now a triple threat match. I actually thought this Raw was the best Raw in a long time. I'm not saying it was great, but every part of the show was leading to something else. Every part of the show was part of a, a story. The stories were wrestling stories. And so it was a, it was a well-constructed show. I don't love that I saw Drew McIntyre like four different times during the show and stuff like that. But I thought the show was constructed and everything had a point. And, and I saw that as a lot of improvement over a lot of the Raws I've watched over the last several months. There Not is a... There was this news alert that came early in the week related to the head of, uh, I don't know if you can officially call him the head of booking, but the main writer, I guess, or the main creative talent or producer of SmackDown and Raw now is Jason Jordan. Can we give him the credit for this Raw? Maybe. I mean, there's been a lot of shakeup in talent relations and in a lot of the, you know, creative talent related departments. So, sure, why not? I mean, Jason Jordan is a smart guy. He is a wrestler. He had some pretty good gimmicks. Uh, he His career was shortened by an injury um, and he took the producer job and he and if he it wouldn't surprise me that he's excelling in it. Um, you know, I know that Daniel Bryan's been doing a lot of the stuff on SmackDown and, and that shows, I mean, that was the better show for a while, but it's markedly improved. I mean, a lot of that has to do with Roman and how great he's been, but mm -hmm. yeah, I mean, I believe that one person can make a difference, especially if what we've been hearing for years is true, that creative is creative. They've just been muted by Vince McMahon. So if Vince McMahon has trusted somebody or delegated it to a Nick Khan or John Laurinaitis or anyone say, this is, this is your problem now, but you know, if you screw up, I'm coming back, but yes, I will trust you for two months. And they say, all right, Jason, run with the ball, whatever, whatever the case is. Yeah. Uh, why not? I'll, you know, we can say that, that he's got something to do with it. And, and I'm sure that we'll learn over time how significant it is. But I'd be perfectly happy to learn that it, it is him. Yes, that's great because he's a young guy. And that means that we could have 30 or 40 more years of uh, of good stuff. Hmm. Okay. We shall see. So that leaves us with SmackDown. Um, were you really bothered like I was bothered that Montez Ford st stopped in the middle of the match in the ring to tie his shoelaces instead of stepping out of the ring to do it? Yes. Okay. I, you know, me too. Um, now, if if you're stopping in the middle of the match to pump them up, that's one thing. Like if he had old fashioned like pump. Remember those? <laughs> I know what you're talking about. Yes, but 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 to tie them like I don't know. He like to give just them power them. for a super kick. Yeah, he could have just stuck them in his shoe, and that would have been different. He could have just stepped out of the ring. He was 
a foot and a half from the corner. Yeah. He's a tall man. I don't know. I, I, I thought that that was very Bush League. I mean, this that is, was- uh, this is going to be a, a, somebody needs to tell him he's got to double knot his shoes. Yeah. This, or- is, why, this is why I double knot my kids' shoes because I don't need to worry about this when they go off to school for six hours. You, you were so smart. Six hours? Six hours. That's what I sent him to school. Okay, great. Is, it, um, is that eight to three? Let me see. I don't know. I think that's more than six hours. That seems like seven, eight to three. But, mm, yeah, you're right. But that it's not important. I mean, you know, what chance do your kids have anyway? So, um, so the Alistair, <laughs> the Alistair Black story continues. And I failed to talk about this last week, but the animation was the same as the Tian Sha story. And they even talked about the dragon and I love it. And I, I still love this. And yes, I realize that his father is the same as sister Abigail and Bray Wyatt's original story um, and all of that other stuff. And continuity. What's that? But I love the animation. I call the animation domination. And the fact that it's a dragon. Now I know this is unlikely, but because it's the same animation and because the T and Shaw story involves a dragon, I could see Alistair Black, and this is a QAcon conspiracy, having the Order of the Dragon. He said there'd be others, and those others could be T and Shaw if they're going to be moved to the main roster because they don't seem to be doing anything in NXT, and the women's division there is pretty stacked, and they just brought in two more with Sarai and Frankie Monet. Um, and I've also seen Brandy Lauren is back on social media with a new name, like in Skylar story or yeah, something like that. I can't wait till she shows up. Cause good God. Right. Um, so it, you know, it, I'm just saying the same animation, a dragon, the order of the dragon, you know, it, it's, uh, it, it could be, it could be. I like it. Yeah. I like it too. The martial arts tie in. So, you know, I'm, I'm hoping for that. I do have one other QAcon, and that is that the reason why The Fiend keeps losing is because Bray is still fat, and he lost enough weight <laughs> to put him on that one show, but he's still too fat, and he, he, if he wants to start winning again, he's got he's to lose more weight. Um, let's talk. About, <laughs> we, need to, we need to come out with, with T-shirts that say still too fat. Yeah. <laughs> the... the <laughs> You might have been burned, but you didn't burn enough carbs. Uh, <laughs> the Intercontinental title match tonight, the rematch, this was interesting. I mean, because I thought at first it was going to lead to a tag match next week with Apollo Crews and Sami Zayn with uh, Commander Aziz in the corner versus uh, Owens and Big E. But then they killed Sami Zayn too, which I liked. So, you know... Uh, Everyone, people looking for the IC belt. You've got at least two contenders there. I mean, I don't know. It, it, when it's not so obvious, I'm digging that. Maybe it's going to be a Sammy face turn. I mean, he's he's been pretty heelish. He's been great as a heel. He's the most entertaining he's been in his entire career as this uh, conspiracy Che Guevara type uh, character. I love him. Agree. So, like a paranoid, you know, almost like leftist QAnon guy. Yeah, he's um, he's, he's 
He's also he's like Che Guevara, Alex Jones. It's like a little mix. I love it. Right. Don't don't believe what you see. Don't believe what they're telling you. Um, yeah. So yeah. No, I like it. It's all good. And, and note, Pat McAfee is great. So Adnan Verk, professional broadcaster, doesn't seem to be working out. Pat McAfee sort of does a whole bunch of different things, but broadcasting isn't really one of them. He's he's immediately great. Is the answer to bring in Gronk when they fire Adnan? The answer is never to bring in Gronk. <laughs> They're going to bring in Gronk, and Gronk is going to take over. Okay, I have one condition, and that is that they bring back Mojo as, Bron- as Gronk's butler. Oh, my God. Why would you even want to talk about Mojo? No, because I just want him to actually be his butler. Like, not not a storyline, not a gimmick. He's actually his butler. Like, he's like all he does is, like, deliver stuff to Gronk all day long, all show long. He, like, brings him drinks. He brings him, like, uh, like wet naps. Like, uh, he puts a hot towel on his face. Like, but he never wrestles. He's, he doesn't have say you, anything. Have you ever he's, watched the... Have you ever watched the show Entourage? Of course. Uh, he's, true, so he's a, true story. So, so he's on. like drama. True, true story. I went to summer camp with the guy who created and directed that. His name is Doug Allen. And when we went to camp, he's like, yeah, I know this guy, and he's going to be really famous. He's really good at music and stuff. And we're like, yeah, whatever, bullshit. Everybody knows that. It, it, it was it was um, Mark, Mark, Mark? Mark and his brother, the, the, the older one. What's their real name? Wahlberg. It's Wahlberg, yeah. It was Mark the so actually, Doug was on several of the shows. He cast himself as a casting director in in the in the show. So um, unfortunately, we're not still in touch because that would be great for Garden of Doom as well. I could oh probably. My find God. Him. I'm sure you could. I could. I, I should. I, I just have. I, I'm just. I'm booked through. I'm booked through the end of <laughs> July. With that show, seriously, I've got. Oh my god! I, I guess every single so week. over, and I have an and I have a, I just need listeners, like I say, and I and I have an extra show recorded already in the can. Um, yeah, I'm I'm pretty magnificent. Um, new music for Roman. The internet's really a buzz. I loved it. Yeah, I haven't heard it yet. I was uh, not tuning in at the at that time, but. Oh well, good match. Roman, it was a 40 minutes, you know, I mean, the, the the introductions and a bunch of commercial breaks, but very back and forth. But Roman won clean. Can he you try to up. like, rec- can you try to recreate his music for me? No. Um, <laughs> <laughs> Damn it. He, he won with the guillotine. Daniel Bryan passed out, which is something that's been overused as of late. However, here it was entirely appropriate. It's just been overused in other places. I don't understand why people think it protects the wrestler that they pass out. I mean, I don't see passing out makes you any stronger than tapping out or whatever it is. I don't think that in this instance they were trying to make Daniel Bryan look stronger by not by not uh I guess getting pinned, but it made Roman look that much stronger that he put Daniel Bryan, this guy that's supposedly, you know, known for his submissions it'd be like getting bret hart to tap out or pass out like it's that big of a deal so that's a good insight for someone who didn't watch it no no, no. i didn't watch the entrance oh okay all right my mistake my mistake i missed the entrance well i i'm sure that you'll see it like 40 times you know before noon tomorrow oh without a doubt um Anyway, Cesaro came out to the rescue, but then Jey Uso came out for a counter-rescue. 
And Uso tied Cesaro up in the ropes and held him so that he couldn't help. And, and Roman hit the concerto on a helpless Daniel Bryan while Cesaro was helpless to assist. So Daniel Bryan is off SmackDown. Uh, maybe he'll be on Raw. Maybe he, you know, maybe his contract negotiations has fallen through. But didn't didn't you have a thought that you bandied about earlier? Yeah, I wanted to ask you. Do you think I see a lot of people talking about this on social media? So I wanted to bring it up here. What are your thoughts on the idea of Daniel Bryan going to NXT? <laughs> I think that's absolutely absurd. But I'm 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 going to give you what I think is wonderful and where I thought you were going to go because this is this is this was your cue, Akon. You said that we're going to have a new wrestler debut on SmackDown, a new mass wrestler called the American Dragon. Oh, that's right. Yes, he's going to show up as the American Dragon, and uh, he's going to make a bunch. He's going to climb the ladder. He's going to uh, start with uh, small small guys and make them submit, and then work his way up. And then by SummerSlam, he's going to unmask himself. That's great. To that, Roman Reigns. That's amazing. And make him acknowledge him. That's right. That's exciting. This is, yeah, I like it. Um, that was very clever. Speaking of actual QAnon people, NXT referee Drake Works, <laughs> who his, his work name is Drake Younger, um, was caught on video camera at a, some sort of like, like, town owners meeting or some community town council meeting or so, something publicly wearing an NXT shirt talking about how basically the Tucker Carlson line that if kids wear masks, it's tantamount to child abuse and though, and that shouldn't be allowed. Like he could think it, but to like say it is, is, is dumb, you know, anyway, whatever it is, whether you agree, it's certainly not even close to tantamount to, to child abuse, but whatever it is, it, seems, it looks like WWE is finally sort of sick of this guy, and they suspended him. So he's not fired, but he's suspended now. But I heard it was like an old story. Like, he's not like... No, this, it, it is the old story that these are his positions, and he's been on social media doing... This was a news. This just happened where he was caught on camera doing... Listen, WWE sometimes looks for excuses to get rid of people. I mean, they did it with Enzo because nobody liked him, but they didn't fire this guy. They're suspending him, so... I mean, somebody must like him, or maybe he's a really good ref. I don't know. Um, I mean, Mike Chioda, as far as I know, is still out there, and he was a pretty good ref. I, I don't know. I don't, I'm just reporting the news. Yeah. What other news do we have? Um, you know, we covered so much of it, but uh, one of the finalists, I think from The Voice, or America's Got Talent, Samantha Johnson, is a new announcer for NXT, which that, that seems pretty interesting. The Supreme Court of the United States declined to hear the concussion lawsuit that was appealed that WWE had uh, prevailed upon a lower court. I I mean, if people review when we talked about it originally, I told you that they were almost certainly not going to hear it. That's a question of fact, not a question of law. The Supreme Court doesn't even get involved in questions of fact. Um, we also have... Let's see. Some other ratings that we didn't talk about. SmackDown last week did 2.042 million, which was around the same, but a little bit of a drop. Raw also dropped like 200,000, 250,000, 1.774 million. We talked about NXT and AEW with their precipitous drops. Raw was uh, similar numbers, but percentage-wise not as precipitous, but nothing to be happy about. MLW also not doing so great this week. Um 
they've only done 30,000 so far on their Wednesday night show, 44,000 from last week's show. So, you know, only gained about 20,000 from last week to this week. Three weeks ago, that show did 93,000, but I'm pretty sure that's the one that featured Hammerstone against Mil Muertes one-on-one, which was a great match. It got a lot of attention, so I wouldn't be surprised if the good word going around about that match didn't get a lot of people to check out that show or at least that match. Um, that's you, really you, all the news. You wait till Paco McMahon shows up on MLW as El Jefe. Well, I predicted it, so you know, I, th- I think that I'm I'm all about that. Yeah, I'm I'm cool. I, I don't care if it's Hornswoggle McMahon, whatever it is, as long as it's a McMahon, I, I'm happy. It's gonna be Paco McMahon. Hell, can be Linda for all I care. I mean, as long as it's a McMahon, and my QAcon conspiracy, I mean prophecy, has been fulfilled. Oh my God! Imagine like it's Linda McMahon, but it's not like the linda mcmahon it's linda you know how like linda oh, is beautiful in spanish of course we it's linda mcmahon oh what a what a what a great booking almost as great as my marty marty and doc and sting and darby i'm gonna make this i'm gonna work on this the entire week is i'm gonna come up with some fan fiction where darby and sting go back to the future to save Darby's mom or some something like that. Well, we can do a dramatic reading of it and we can drop that as a special extra show. <laughs> dramatic. You can be like you can be Sting as Doc Doc uh, Brown. We're pretty Darby. Much Darby, we got to go back to the future. There's something wrong with your kids. Listen, don't try and give me don't try and sway my artistic vision on this. Let me put my own vision and interpretation on the character. <laughs> we should you should do like a live ad lib show. It's just, just off the cuff. What are we doing now? Oh, it's, well, we're recording it, so no one would see it's live. But uh, we're live. Yeah, we should. We should. We. I mean, we can. We can stream. We. We should stream a, a live like Kabuki thing. We should do it with puppets. <laughs> we should do it like hand puppets. <laughs> You should be. I'll have a hand puppet, but with a skateboard, and that's oh, how wait, you know. You, and, and wait, he's half you hate I'm sorry, you hate puppets. I forgot. I hate demonic puppets. Oh, okay. I like Triumph the Insult Comic Dog. He's a great puppet. So Sting and Darby don't count as demonic puppets. Uh, no. Okay, so because no Sting, Sting because Sting has uh, because Darby has a skateboard, so that that's there's nothing really demonic about skateboarding. Yeah, or or a sheer black linen shirt. Um, that's right, about, but no Abaddon in the background mm, lurking no. about. Is, is, is she got blood spewing out of her mouth? I would think, yeah. I mean, uh, otherwise, yeah, how would we no, know it's Abaddon? Yeah, no, I don't like that. Okay, <laughs> all right. Well, listen, we're, we're, we're brainstorming. This is just the writer's room, we're just throwing ideas around. So, uh, completely unrelated, um. So I listen to a bunch of podcasts, as people know, and hopefully you do too, including this one. So there's a guy named Rob Long who does a bunch of podcasts. He's been associated with a lot of political magazines and, and podcasts. But he made his fame as a Hollywood writer. He, like His first job was writing on Cheers. Um, so he did a podcast on cancel culture where he told a story about how in the writer's room they tell really inappropriate jokes 
And then when, you know, they know it's inappropriate, but then there's like no other context where you can repeat it and how somebody did that at a party and, you know, went over really badly. His, his carrier of his podcast didn't like that story and canceled his podcast. (laughs) (laughs) Wow. That's heavy. Yeah. And he's just, you know, he's a podcaster, but he's not nobody. He's been in this game for a while. He's associated with like, the National Review commentary, Bulwark, Dispatch folks, yeah. um, Sub Beacon. I mean, you know, some, some name, but I mean, it's just funny. His his podcast was about cancel culture and a, and a true story, and he got canceled because of it. So, oh my God, the irony. Yes. Yeah. Hopefully, we'll never get canceled. Uh, yeah, I, I hope not. And <laughs> but if we do, I certainly hope that the message is delivered by a demonic puppet. Oh no no no! With the skull for tease, with te- teeth? No, no 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 no. Now, if it's like you know a puppet on a skateboard, okay, fine. What if it's a puppet in the form of negative one with Sting's evil personality? Mm. How do you say no to that? Um, I'd be down with that because in my mind, it's something happens, something goes awry in the transference of souls. Mm-hmm. And so Sting's soul gets put into negative one's body, but it's not Crow Sting, it's Surfer Sting. And so all... All you see is negative one going, woo, woo. This keeps getting better. (laughs) All right, everybody, you've been listening to episode number 28 of the Hammerlock Hangover. Thanks for tuning in, guys. And uh, yeah, Jeff, what what are we plugging? Demonic puppets. We're plugging demonic puppets. All right, we're going to plug Woo! Unpopular Review. Both Steve and I are cast members of Unpopular Review. Like, share, subscribe, tell all your buds. I'm on the Monday Night Raw Review Show. Steve's on the AEW Review Show, usually. Um, but we review all of the big wrestling shows, NXT, AEW, Raw, SmackDown. Um, there's also entertainment shows. We've got some a couple of interviews up there as well. More to come. Um, my other podcast, Garden of Doom. The good news is, if you subscribe to Hammerlock Hangover on the Wrestling Soup Network, you're going to get Hammerlock Hangover and Garden of Doom and mo- and about half of the Garden of Doom back catalog as well. So, hey. For and free. All for, for free. All for free. So hook a brother up. Hook Steve up. He's not a brother. He's like a cousin. He's like a primo. Um, I'm a primo. I'm not a know, and Check out both shows. Maybe, maybe it turns out that there's something that you like that's not wrestling. Um, Garden Doom is wacky. There's gonna there's something for everybody. You just have to you just have to find it. Absolutely, absolutely, very good. Yeah, check out Unpopular Review. We've got a especially our YouTube page. We got a lot of funny stuff. You see me rant about Moxley and why he's an idiot. Um, Jade Cargill, why she should be put over. Why Sasha Banks is a wrestling icon. Top five uh, that's right. I was just going to say top five wrestlers of the week, top five wrestling factions. They change every week. So please check that out. It's an unpopular review, and that's on YouTube. All you got to do is search unpopular review on YouTube and make sure you subscribe. That's it. 
I think we've covered everything, Jeff. Yeah. Yeah. Any omissions are my fault. Absolutely. I'm flawless. Next week, we're going to debut our uh, live two-man show on Back to the Future with Sting and Darby. Well, maybe if we get the, maybe if those two artists come on, you know, I, I'm not sure if they're photographers or or artists, but either way, they're artists. Maybe they can help us with the visuals and the. Oh my god, that would be so awesome! Like if we can actually have like extras, the trailer uh, picture of them walk like stepping out of the DeLorean, but instead it's Darby and Sting. No, they could be dressed like the Young Bucks. Oh Jesus, who would want to do that? Did you did you notice by the way the young bucks were wearing Seth Rollins's jacket? Yeah, they're uh, they're just constant trolls, is what they are. Next week, look, you saw the suit that uh, Seth ha- had on tonight. I guarantee you, the young bucks are going to have something similar on Wednesday night. This is they're just more, what they do. They're more like gnomes. They're they're impish, evil, small people. The trolls are big. Tro- trolls are a noble race. Trolls get trolls get a bad rap. Trolls are noble. Yes, trolls are a noble race. They get they get a bad rap. I'm all about everything the giants. What was the guy? What was the guy in? Um, uh, oh my god, uh, the ring, Lord of the Rings. The which the, guy? No, the the ginger guy. That was he a troll, a dwarf? He was a dwarf. He was Gimli. a dwarf, right? He was Gimli. That's right. Yeah, dwarf. Like yeah, he he was good. You know, dwarves are uh, are moody, but. Uh, basically noble at heart. Gnomes, no, they 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 have they have no good attributes. So the bucks are definitely more gnomes than trolls. So would a troll be bigger than Gimli, same size, or smaller Sorry. than Gimli? Trolls uh, are like giants, but they're sort of rockish, treeish kind of. Like they turn to stone in the sun. That's in sunlight. That's that's supposedly like weakness. gargoyles. Well, like gargoyles, but gargoyles are more like bats mixed with sleigh stacks. Um, a troll, a troll is like a big, ugly, gnarled giant, like like an ogre times two. Hmm, I'm confused. We'll carry we'll, we'll carry on this conversation next week. All right, guys, thanks for listening, and uh, have a good one. Take care, stay safe. Cancelled. Bye. Bye. So is this show going to be called Canceled by a Demonic Puppet? <laughs> I don't know. I'm still recording. Not as important as when you are leased to another, when your rights are leased to another network like USA, like T, uh, TNT, like Vice will be for MLW because that was another piece of news uh, that, that came out in this other MLW news this week as well that we'll get to. Um, you know, and even Peacock. I mean, at, at, at some point, all these places are going to be expecting results when you're Sinclair and you just run Ring of Honor two to ten times a week. Even if 500 people watch each airing and, you, and you're and you carried on and you own 193 stations and then you lease the show to another, you know, 15 in the U.S. and Canada and then you have your Honor Club and other stuff and Access owns their own station. It's a budget item. You're still making your money back and you're probably on an aggregate having more viewers are a lot of them asleep drunk guys at three o'clock in the morning with their TVs on probably.